Good morning, y'all. I'm Tripp. I'm one of the pastors here at Redeemer, and uh, it's good to worship with you all. Uh, it's been good over the last couple of weeks to see your chat messages in the, on the YouTube channel and all that stuff. I miss being with you in the same space, but it's good to see your names on the screen. And um, I realize that uh, some of you who are watching this, you're friends and family of Redeemer folk, and I just want to uh, emphasize that you are so welcome to, to hang out with us. Um, we, we really value connection as a church, and so we're kind of going low tech um, by going, we, we had the choice of either pre-recording stuff and going a little higher tech or doing live streaming and lower tech, but in, out of that value of connecting live, uh, we're going this route. So just please continue to, to check out our YouTube channel and, and hang out with us. All of you are welcome. It's really fun to hear uh, from you guys all over the country, different states, different people, old friends, new friends. So uh, I don't know how you're feeling this morning, but if you're like me, you've experienced uh, some kind of stress and disorientation or strain. And uh, it hasn't been easy. Yet with all of the ups and downs over the last four weeks, there have been some bright spots. I'm literally, I have on my screensaver this, these dozens and dozens of pictures, thanks to Wendy Brown, who made this collage of faces for Giorgio to view our, our, our senior pastor when he's preaching. Stuff like that is encouraging when we stop and uh, remind each other that we're not alone. But whether or not you're familiar with spiritual stuff, you know, rather, whether or not you're uh, used to going to church or you, you follow Jesus or that whole deal is, is unfamiliar to you, all of us, especially in this time, could stand to be built up and encouraged. And whether or not you're familiar with spiritual things, uh, all of us, we just need to stop and think about how we can build each other up with our words in this time. And as Jen was just saying, uh, this passage we're going to read right now, it's, it's a prayer. It's a prayer of encouragement. And the, the question I want to ask you is, what if I told you that, that God delights to build you up and not tear you down? What if I told you you could eavesdrop on a letter Kind of, a, kind of a love letter to eavesdrop on the very ways that God thinks about you through the writings of a man named Paul and his prayer over the people at Colossians. That, that's what I want us to do today, is to kind of eavesdrop in, listen in on how God wants to encourage us. So I'm going to read from a book of the Bible called Colossians, and uh, it's chapter 1, 1 through 12. This is Paul. He's writing to some folks um, who faced adversity. They were disoriented in some ways like you and me, different circumstances, but nonetheless disoriented. And listen to how God brings encouragement to them. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, 
since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God and truth. Just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the spirit. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Let's pray once more. God, we need your encouragement. We need your encouragement, especially in these hard times. So we bring our pain and our despair, our doubt, our joy, our delight, all of it, we bring it to you and ask for help. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Again, it's good to be with y'all. Uh, I was thinking about college basketball. I, I love college basketball. I miss March Madness not going on right now. I was kind of raised on college basketball. Love it. Love the Final Four, all that stuff. And uh, if you are a Tar Heel fan, you'll know that I follow the Tar Heels. You can go ahead and mock me right now because I'm not going to brag on the Tar Heels. I'm going to actually brag on the NC State basketball program and its history. So go ahead and put your chats and you know comments in there, Tar Heels to mock me, whatever. But um, I love the story of the 1983 NC State team. The driving force behind that 83 team was a man named Coach Jim Valvano. And he knew how to motivate his players with words. He knew how to build courage into their, their, their game, into their, into their lives. And uh, even back in 1981, 82, when their teams were terrible, he would say, you know, we're going to win a national championship. And he even had went so far as to take his players into the NC State gym with a golden pair of scissors and a stepladder, and they simulated what it would be like to win a national championship. And you, you got to watch ESPN 30 for 30, this documentary, documentary Survive and Advance, because you, you'll see in there how awkward that was for those basketball players. For them, I mean, imagine, like, there's no game. There's no people in the stands. And they're, they're, the coach is saying, cheer, let's go, all right. And they're, and they're like, okay. You know, there's no one there. There's no game. But they began to lean into this exercise. And in 1983, they actually made it to the Final Four. And they were going to have to play this juggernaut team, the Houston Cougars. And they had, I mean, if you guys follow NBA history, they had Akeem Olajuwon, Clyde Drexler in the semifinals. They just crushed this team. And so there's NC State in the finals with Houston. 
And the players in this Survive in Advance is the name of the documentary. Uh, if you watch Survive in Advance, you see where they say, Coach V gave us all the ammunition we needed to do to storm the court. So we didn't actually run on the court. It was like we broke through a brick wall. And they went out there, y'all. They ran an up-tempo offense. The last seconds of the game come and uh, uh, Sidney Lowe throws up a shot. It, it misses. And Lorenzo Charles, he, he gets the rebound and he banks it in. And they win. And Jimmy, Jim Valvano is going crazy. He's running around the court. He's looking for somebody to hug. He had built confidence into this team. He had built courage into this team. Coach V, you can think of it this way. He took that courage and placed it inside the hearts of his players. Now, I mean, you guys that follow sports, I mean, obviously, all of you know, I get it. It's not like every championship, every team that hears a victory speech wins a championship. But again, if you're if you're kind of dialing into this YouTube and you're just doing this because you have a friend that you want to see uh, on the screen, whatever, you're not really into spiritual things. What I want you to know, what I want all of us to know, no matter you are where you are with God, is that God brings hope. God doesn't tear us down. In the times that we need encouragement, he brings love. He brings hope. Our God in the face of adversity speaks words of power, like Katie was talking about earlier, about who we are as a people coming together in this time, what our potential is to love and encourage who we are as a family, whether you're a part of this church or another church and not part of a church at all. God wants to encourage you. He wants to encourage all of us. And so I want us to walk through this prayer and this letter, again, eavesdropping on the very heart of God. And see, one of the amazing things that God does through the scriptures is he encourages us. And all my kids out there, the, those of you are children, I want you to say this with me right now. In courage. Try to say it. In courage. One more time. In courage. And kids, the reason I say that Emphasis on the word in is because God, he loves to build courage into us with his words. Courage to love others, courage in a scary time with the coronavirus. If any of you kids have felt kind of scared, courage to be creative. And so if we look at this passage, Colossians 1, 1 through 12, you can just listen to me. You don't have to open your Bible, whatever, find it. But if those of you use a Bible or you're looking on the screen, We'll have some cues for you. But the substantive truth that, that Paul is actually talking about in this passage, it's not a pie in the sky wish dream of like, I hope you have courage. He's giving us a substantive truth. He's reminding us that we're secure because of what Jesus has done. Secure because of what Jesus has done at the cross. And because God died for us, was raised for the dead for us. There's hope for us. If you look at Colossians 1.5, laid up for us in heaven. And that means, y'all, that one day, whether you follow Jesus now or whether you begin following Jesus in the future, we're, we're going to be with him in a place that is that lasts forever called heaven. You can see there in verse 5, and there'll be no more viruses, no more death, 
no more pain, no more tears. And we get this opportunity to encourage one another, not out of our own strength, but because God is at work in us. And that's kind of what I want us to see, that God, the same God who secured hope for you can actually give hope to others through you and your encouraging words. I mean, because I don't know about you, but I, I mean, I've seen my uh, harshness in this time. I've seen my being snippy snappy towards my family, uh, being a little short and sometimes a lot short. And I think a powerful tool for us, if we look at this passage and look to who God is and his character, we see that there's this model of encouragement through words. So I'm going to put a definition on the screen here. Uh, if you look anywhere from Webster to Wiki, you see kind of this basic definition of encourage. To encourage is to make someone more determined, hopeful, or confident. Encouragement for the person who's following Jesus has a source. He is a person. He is our personal God. It's Jesus who actually is the source of our determination, hope, and our confidence. And that's what distinguishes this picture of encouragement um, from just sort of a generic definition. So what motivates our encouragement of others? It's another question I want to put on the screen for you that it's just basically short answer, Christ's love. Christ's love motivates us to encourage one another with in a lot of different ways. But today we're going to talk about words. The word for encouragement, if you look at the Bible, it's this really cool word that has the sense of walking along beside someone and um, giving them that courage to walk beside, come along beside someone and cheer them on, remind them that there's hope for them. And Paul is walking beside the Colossians and helping them have courage because God's at work for them. He says in verse six that he's heard of the hope that he knows of the hope that's come to them. He's reminding them that God is at work in them. He points out that he's heard of their love in the spirit, verse eight. He's pointing out that God is at work through them. He's heard of the love that they have for people around them. If you look at verse four. All through this passage, you know, you don't have to read all the details, but it's just peppered with this encouragement. And so here's the thing. What if we, listening to God, then take his example and more profoundly are driven by his love in our hearts to encourage other with words in very particular ways? And that's what I want to do for the rest of our time in, in this sermon is just talk about, you know, what would it look like for us to encourage each other with words this week? Maybe one person who you, you know needs to be lifted up. You've not been sure what to say. Maybe ask for God's help to know how to encourage them. Something very basic and practical. So again, eavesdropping, listening in to the heart of God for, for his people. What can we learn? First of all, we can see, I would argue that Christ's love motivates us to encourage with specificity. So like, I don't know how many of you have been in a situation where Someone said an encouraging remark to you, but it was pretty generic. And you're like, uh, thanks, but I really don't know what you're talking about. So, you know, it just can come off a bit flat, a little bit vague. 
But our God, he is amazing in how he personally knows us. He knows the number of hairs in our head. He knows the number of years in our life. And what, what he's doing through Paul here is he's showing how intimate um, a relationship can be between this, this, uh, this servant of God, Paul, and God's people. Look at verses two through four. How, how does Paul actually know about a man named Epaphras? If you look later in the letter or in these verses two through four, you see the word Colossae. That's an actual place. You, you read about their faith. Like Paul actually knows something about them and their, their faith story. He's heard about their faith. Then he knows when it started. He talks about since I've heard about your faith in verse four. He's able to speak to these people with specific encouragement because he knows them. The, the, y'all, the thing about this quarantining is there's this opportunity cost. On the one hand, we're having to social distance and we're six feet away from each other uh, at, at minimum. And yet for, for many of us, our schedules have been thrown into a different kind of format. And, and you may, for some of you, have extra time to slow down and get to know the people that you love get to know new friends that you don't know as well yet over a Zoom date, over Google Hangouts, WebEx, whatever it is, we have this time to get to know each other in a new way. This is an opportunity for us as, our, as a culture. And so as a result of knowing a little bit more about people, you're going to know a little bit more about how to encourage them, where they need encouragement, how they need encouragement. I love that one of our own children at Redeemer and I have his permission to tell you this and his parents uh, specifically wrote a letter to Captain Woe. And if you've not heard of him, uh, we really care about children in our church and we've made some fun videos to help them think about encouragement. You can look on our YouTube channel and see it, but one of the, there's a character named Captain Woe and TJ Tonehauser actually wrote him a letter to encourage him. Now, this man is a friend of mine. I can't reveal his secret identity, but he is awesome. And I can tell you this, he was very encouraged by you, TJ, you writing that letter. And so thank you for doing that. You specifically thanked him for making a video and what he was saying in that video. And that meant a lot to him. And so we can all be like TJ Tonehauser, just following God's lead to encourage. So first thing, specificity. Second thing, Christ's love motivates us to encourage with affirmation. Affirmation. If you go back to verse three, note how Paul is giving thanks again for God's work in the people at Colossae. So think about it. Like, I don't know about you. I mean, I know some of you and you can be really hard on yourselves. I can be hard on myself. We can all get down on ourselves when we see how much we're failing in this time. And to think that there's a God who provides love and power outside of my own, like mustering it up to help me love others. That's encouraging to hear. That builds courage. Paul's pointing out to these, his friends of his at Colossae that their lives, he uses this phrase, are bearing fruit. You actually need to know and hear that God delights to work through you. He wants to know you if you don't know him yet. If you do know him, he's working. Even if you're just watching this, that's evidence that God actually is pursuing you, wants you to know his love. But there's a dark side to uh, our... Our words, too many of us, and just think about maybe this fits you or not, but we're, too many of us are like skilled surgeons 
where we actually take it with our words, kind of breaking people down surgically, taking away people's courage. Or maybe there are times when, you know, we want to get something done and we're providing constructive negative feedback, but we can, we can fail to remember that it's that positive reinforcement that, that is a part of the mix too. I was thinking about our teachers right now and professors. And let me ask you this, students and parents, you, how demoralizing is it for our teachers and professors when people only send them emails that break them down and criticize what they're doing in the classroom? Imagine positively what it would look like to follow God's lead and encourage and build up teachers and professors by sending them an email this week and saying, I am so thankful for the work you're doing to put together lesson plans for, for my son, my daughter, or if you're a student, say for me, that would be so encouraging for them. That would build them up. Just practical things that we can do to give affirmation. But some of you kind of on a different note, you're, you're all about affirmation. You're about, you're about affirming other people and encouraging them. But when someone encourages you, you kind of deflect it and push it away. And I want to encourage you not to do that. Paul is speaking encouragement to the people at Colossae. And there's a gift in just being able to receive that and know that God is working in you specifically. Here's how it goes down. And this is one of my pet peeves. If you're, again, not familiar with spiritual stuff, this is going to sound bizarre, but you need to hear how Christians kind of can struggle um, and sort of have their own mixed up view of God. I might say to somebody, oh, God's really working through you. Thank you so much for what you did. And, and then sometimes Christians do, this, Christians do this really weird thing where they'll be like, oh, it's all oh God. I'm just pond scum. I'm nothing, nothing, you know, I, you know, it's none of me. And I'm like, well, okay. It's true that, that we need to actually give glory to God and that everything we have comes from him. But for some of you, when you're deflecting a compliment, it's not that you're giving God glory. It's that you have too low a view of yourself. Don't denigrate creation. Don't have too low a view of yourself. Don't forget that you're actually created in the image of God and you've been made uniquely You've been made with dignity and you have specific gifts, specific story that God's working through. So when Paul speaks into the Colossians story or someone speaks into yours, instead of just doing that weird Christian thing like, oh, it's all God, no, not me. Get out of the depravity dumpster where you have a too low of your view of yourself. And remember that while, yes, you sin, you're redeemed. God is working through, he's working through all humans, because of his common grace, he's made all humans in the image of God. And they have value. And God is working through us. So again, specificity and affirmation. But to round this out, you know, life's not always about affirmation. You know this. Lots of times, Paul, when he's writing letters like this one to the people at Colossae, it's not like an affirmation. It's, it's more of a challenge. He'll come through the front door of a letter like he did to another letter to the Galatians. And he'll, he'll say, oh, you foolish Galatians. You know, how, how, how dare you, Trips Aversion, uh, you know, 
turn away so quickly from God. And so in this letter, he's willing to disrupt their, their fear and their doubt by saying, again, trips aversion, hey, you jugheads, don't let anybody like teach you this whacked out theology that you need something more than Jesus for your hope. Don't let anybody take you captive with false teaching. He's disrupting lies. He's disrupting unbelief. He's disrupting insecurity. And that's another part of what it means to encourage. It's not just being specific or affirming. There's also times for challenge. And I want you to uh, just check out this picture on the screen. Uh, this is, uh, doesn't this man right here just look like an encourager? This is Jerem Bars, and he is a professor at Covenant Seminary. He mentored me when I was attending grad school there in St. Louis. He also was a professor of our senior pastor, Giorgio Hyatt. Um, and he's deeply affirmed and cared for so many people around the world. And he knows how to mingle, here's the point, challenge and affirmation together. And so just to give you a picture, in our grad school, when I attended, the first year was a bit like boot camp. You can imagine you have these uh, the school of theology where guys come in and um, they, they, they know all the answers. And what they do is they break you down to realize that you don't. And one time, Darren Bars is teaching a class, and I heard the story of whether this guy, this guy was waxing eloquent in, over in the corner of the room, talking a bit too much, and it was time for a disruption. It was time for Jerem to challenge him. And he has this British accent, and this is what he said. He's kind of a literary or a liter, he's, he's very um, literarily competent guy, and so he thinks in images, and he said, uh, if I could become a dragon and fly across the room right now, I would consume you. And everybody's like, what? You know, because this is, this is Jerem Bars, the quintessential encourager, the affirmer. And yet, out of love for this student, he knew that the time was right for what the Proverbs call an apt an apt reply, what the Proverbs call a wound. You can trust a wound from someone that loves you, someone that's a friend, because it's there for your good. Encouragement this week for some of your loved ones might mean you challenging them to challenge and disrupt. So if you're a conflict avoider, when you see people like me who get grumpy, feel free to, I mean, I, I, wanna, I want to ask you to to pray, maybe ask for God's help, that it might be time to issue a challenge. Specificity in our encouragement, affirmation, challenge. But also, I want you to notice the intentionality. If you were to read this, um, this whole letter to the people at Colossae in chapter four, you'll see that Paul, he's very intentional. He's commending messengers to the, his Colossian friends. He's asking Colossians to give greetings to people he calls brothers. He actively prays for them. He's intentional. And so a part of our encouragement needs to be tethered and uh, wedded together with intentionality. So again, thinking about your week coming up, what would it look like for you to be intentional in your encouragement of those around you during the corona era? brainstorm for a moment. 
I mean, I, I got to brag on you guys. You got, you guys are crushing it on this front in so many ways. I'm reading stories and hearing of stories about how you're, you're able to find toilet paper and you're giving it freely to those that have need. Or someone gave you some kind of material gift and you realized you didn't need it as, as much as someone else. And so you passed it on. Some of you have been riding in food trucks to deliver food to people. I mean, you guys are being intentional. And I, I mean, I want to say that, that that's the picture. Like, I'm so proud of you. I'm celebrating you this morning in that way. And we need to hear those stories right now because it can be dark and discouraging. But that kind of intentionality that you're demonstrating, it reflects God's character, who was intentional to come and be with us to send Jesus to actually walk around with dirty feet, a real person who understands our pain, who understands suffering to love and show us what love means. But again, there's a dark side in our intentionality. And those of you who maybe, maybe it's a Southern thing. I don't know. I'm from the South, but our Southern charm is not so charming when we're like trying to be intentional and we say, come on over or, Hey, I want to, I want to have a zoom date. Why don't you come? You know, let's all hang out. And then you don't follow up. And they're like waiting for you to send the Zoom in day, uh, uh, um, the Zoom invite, right? Like maybe um, something that you said in a shallow way that you didn't follow up on. Don't do that. Remember, Christ's love for you is so great. And slowing down to experience and receive that love gives you, uh, it gives you this power and this wherewithal to not make empty promises, but to actually follow up on them. Don't be the person that says, come on over, you know, or in the Corona era, let's have a video date and you don't follow up. Right. And so intentionality. But to go a little bit deeper, kind of final point, especially in these Corona times where we get into a funk real fast, I want to conclude by looking at this letter as evidence of how we can, we can, how Christ's love motivates us to encourage one another with truth. There's specificity, affirmation, and challenge, uh, and there's an intentionality to our encouragement. But at the end of the day, the most important thing we need is a person, God. God, who is personal, who sent his son Jesus, a person, to give us truth in these scriptures. Encouragement sometimes looks like reminding me, reminding me, reminding you, us reminding one another of who we really are. And so if you read the last verse in the section that I read earlier from Colossians, you see that Paul is reminding the Colossians of who they are. He's giving thanks because they've been qualified. Qualified for what? Qualified to share in an inheritance. An inheritance of what? The inheritance that I mentioned earlier. Y'all like following Jesus who stands ready to show you love as we confess our sin and, and claim our need, declare our need for him. He stands ready to give you an inheritance. And in verse five, you see it described as laid up for you in heaven. It's laid up for you in heaven. It is a sure hope that no one can take away. So like during this Corona time, you're going to see the dark side of yourself, maybe in a more pronounced fashion. So we can ask our loved ones to 
to remind us of who we are. And I'll, I'll, I'll make this practical. Let's say you're blind to something you're doing and you're being a really a jerk and you just don't see it. Or maybe you know you've been a jerk and you're beating yourself up over it. We kind of have our different ways of coping with our failures or even maybe some of us don't see them. What you can do with that person is you can say, hey, you're not being yourself. This is not what God has for you. You're not your, you're not your gossip. You are in Christ. You are not defined by your deceit. You're in Christ. You are not defined by your jealousy. You're in Christ. Or let's say someone sinned against them. They've been abused. You're not defined by your abuse. You're not defined how, by how that person's oppressing you. Not even that narrative can define you as painful as it is. You belong to Christ. He is your identity. And that brings encouragement that we're not ultimately defined by our failures or someone else's failures that has, that, that someone else's failure that's devastated you. That's a redemptive way for us to speak encouragement. So encourage one another this week. Be creative. Thank you for the ways you're already doing that. And for those of you who are new on this YouTube channel, like let us know how we can encourage you or where you've seen stories of encouragement. We'd love to hear from you and get to know you. That's what I'm most excited about, getting to know the people that aren't at this church that are kind of checking us out for the first time on this YouTube channel. We're going to actually sing a song in a second called All Is Well. And I just want to remind you that as we talk about encouragement, because of what Christ has done to seal us, to protect us, to be with us, when we sing all is well, it's not some kind of, again, wish dream or, you know, pipe dream. It is true that Jesus has come. He wants to encourage you. He wants to have a relationship with all of us. And so I'm going to pray and, um,